Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. Well, today I want to give you our text. It's found in John chapter 1, verse 15. Let me say this. Buckle up, get ready. We're going to celebrate today. So if you are not used to celebrating in church, you are here on the wrong service. Because this is going to be a time, I'm going to be looking for moments for you to hoop and holler like you're at the ball game. But do me a favor, do not yell at me like you would a ref at a ball game. That's a bad call, pastor. No, don't do that. Don't do that. We're going to celebrate today. Our text is found in John chapter 1, verse 5, and it says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. Would you read our text with me this morning? The light shines in darkness. Let's try that again. I can't hear you. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. For the next few moments, I want to touch base on the journey that we've been in in the year 2018. It's hard to believe it's already 2019. It seems like the 80s were just a few years ago. It feels like I just had a mullet and parachute pants. Some of you are picturing that right now. You are welcome. Yeah, anybody else have parachute pants in the house? I saw one young adult. She's like, I'm just fixing my hair. That's, that's a good try. And I'm the only one in the house that had parachute pants. Okay, we had two of us. Yeah, we, we were that cool family or that weird family or whatever. I had the polka dot shirt, parachute pants, you know, neon colors, good stuff, mullet. Anyway, the, the 80s were a long time ago. 2018 is what we're celebrating today. I want to look at this incredible journey that God has brought us through as a church it's been amazing to watch as we've moved forward, to watch lives change and individuals step up and become part of ministry. I love when God begins to birth something in new inside of his people. I had an individual come to me uh, Monday morning of this week, and they, they came to my office and said, hey, can we talk real quick? And I said, sure, come on in. And they began to talk to me, be, talk to me about a ministry that they thought would be great to do. And they're like, do you know anybody that can lead it? I said, yes, you. I said, God has birthed this inside of you. And as they left the, my office on Monday morning, they left with a desire and a passion and an excitement to reach a group of people that's not being reached right now. Isn't that awesome? I love when God begins to stir upon our hearts. And that's what I want to look at this morning is, is what has happened in this past year, 2018. What has God done in and through this church? Not just corporately as this body, but individually as individuals. What has God done in our hearts and in our lives? Let's look at a few outreach opportunities that we've had. First off, we believe in mentoring. We believe in going into the local school and speaking into the life of students. I, I love the little guy that I get a chance to mentor. Um, it's recently changed. The, the boy that I had mentored for the last two and a half years uh, moved away this last semester, and my, my heart was broken. In fact, I think the staff was a little concerned about me um, that, that Sherrick had moved away, but they, they hooked me up with a new little guy. His name is Terrell, and Terrell is a second grader, and even though Terrell still can't remember 
remember what my name is. Um, I still love him. He's always like, what's your name again? Every single week, and it's only been four months, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I love hanging out with Terrell. I love just speaking into his life. And we don't get into big theological debates. We don't talk about, you know, what's going to happen when the Lord returns and are we going pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation or post. We're not going to talk about all of those things of regeneration. We're not talking about all that. We're bouncing bouncy balls and we're knocking over dominoes and we're even having snowball fights. Just spending time with this little guy so he knows that somebody loves him. So that he knows that somebody cares enough to spend a few moments with him every week. Every Monday morning we have fifth, I'm sorry, we have five mentors and five students that have an interaction together at Heber Hunt Elementary School. We have one mentor and one student at Smith Cotton Junior High, and we have one mentor and one student at Smith Cotton High School every single week. Let me encourage you, if you have some time during the week, it's 30 minutes, there's no prep time. I don't have to review how to stack up dominoes. I may practice throwing snowballs at Pastor Andy just to make sure I'm ready. We even got the, the um, custodian to, to join in with this this last few times when we did the snowball fight. Pastor Andy and I teamed up against our two little guys that we mentored and we annihilated them. Um, but it was a great time. They, By the way, that's how they wanted it, but I'm just saying. Um, if you are interested in being a mentor and being a part of what's happening there, please let me know. We would love to plug you in. We had Family Fest in October, our annual outreach, and this is the time where we open up our park, parking lot and we just invite our community to be a part of what's happening. We want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. 476 people showed up uh, to be a part of Family Fest. And here's a cool thing. 91 of you volunteered to work the events. Love, love, love this event. In fact, I had one mom, she walked up to me during Family Fest, and she goes, I want you to know the impact that this event has on my little guy. He's like four years old. She said, a few weeks ago, he walked up and said, Mom, when's that carnival that we went to last year? I want to go again. I'm like, all right. When we can help a, a now four-year-old remember what he did a year ago, that's pretty incredible, pretty amazing. Thank you to all of you that have volunteered to make this impact on our community. Um, we partner with a, a ministry called Rural Compassion. Um, they are a subsidiary or sister company of Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope goes in when there's tragedy and natural disaster in areas and they go in and bring food and supplies well rural compassion ministers to the rural community which we barely barely qualify under their terms of what a rural community is but we are able about every six or so weeks to take a trip to springfield fill our church van full of supplies bring it back and bless our community first off i want to thank every one of the volunteers those that drive to springfield in the van, those that meet us here and help us sort, those that organize everything, those that help us deliver the products, because we are able to bless numerous areas in our community. The Sedalia Senior Center, we take paper products over to them, and they love when we bring toilet paper. In fact, one particular time we dropped off toilet paper, they begin to cry. What a need. I would have never thought that, that just bringing somebody toilet paper would be that much of a need. 
but they love when we bring those items to them. Uh, the fire department, we take all sorts of snack cakes and, and goodies over to them. The police department, Pettis County Sheriff's Department, we even bring snacks to area schools. Um, in fact, we provided snacks for every single student for every single day of map testing in 2018. We had three palletfuls of snacks that we dropped off at the schools here in Sedalia. In fact, the word is beginning to spread that Bethel Assembly has done this, and I got calls from two other area school districts that want us to partner with them. So Lord willing, in 2019, when map testing comes around, we will not only supply snacks for all of the students here in Pettis County, but for those two school districts as well. We were able to bless Smithton School District with many supplies. Our ladies Gala gave out shoes, um, shampoo, lotions, and Bibles to every single lady that showed up that day. We also were able to bless area daycares with food supplies and that kind of items as well. Our women are very, very busy. They go to numerous different conferences and retreats each year. Um, they go to Design for Life in Springfield. 39 ladies teamed up together and went to Springfield. 10 ladies joined together and went to the Beth Moore Conference. And then right here in this worship center, we had approximately 100 ladies that showed up for our annual Priscilla Shire simulcast. That is an event that we're going to do every single year. Our men joined together and went to Stronger Men's Conference in Springfield. 38 guys teamed up together and went and invaded Springfield. And we had an incredible time of teaming up with thousands and thousands of men just worshiping God and, and hanging out in His presence. We also have a ladies' gala. This is an event that started in 2013 as a ladies' luncheon. Started right here in the lobby. 20 ladies joined together. But in 2018, approximately 150 ladies and a couple of guys that were working showed up just south of town at a barn venue there and had an amazing event. In fact, it snowed that night. And the snow, I believe, was because our ladies decided to have the theme of their event, a winter wonderland. You walked inside of the barn venue and it looked like a winter wonderland. But guess what? God decided to make that decoration go a little larger and it was snowing like crazy outside. It was absolutely incredible. 150 people showed up for that amazing event. We are also able to bless numerous people in our community. This year at our Christmas blessings, 13 families right here in our church body were able to be blessed because of your faithfulness. Ten children in our community received gifts that maybe otherwise would not have ever received a gift. You went to Walmart or area stores or shopped online and you brought in all of those toys, the Barbies, the, the trinkets, the, the remote control cars, and you name it. You brought it in, you wrapped it up, and we were able to take those items to moms and dads who otherwise may not have had the funds to give little Johnny or little Sally a Christmas gift this year. Pastor Andy told me after he delivered the gifts, him and Pastor Ryan had gone out, and Pastor Andy said, it's one of my most favorite things I get to do all year long. Just to knock on the door, carrying all those items, and watch the face of that mom or that dad light up as we walk through the door and, and just surround their tree with all sorts of gifts, showing the love of Christ to this world. We were also able to supply hats and coats and scarves to those in need in our community. We gave extra gifts to the schools for the other students there that they know of that might need a gift. 
Our ladies, because of the gala, they had a silent auction. They gave $500 for Primrose Hill Adult and Teen Challenge, which is the Teen Challenge facility that, Lord willing, is going to be launched here this coming fall just south of town, or just north of town. We also believe in missions. I want to talk more about missions a little later in the message, but we were able to take 15 of us to Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And if you have never been to Tegucigalpa, uh, when you fly into the airport there in Tegucigalpa, it, it requires a literally a specialized license for the pilot because they have to navigate between these two mountain ranges and they kind of have to nosedive in. So I, I am sure that every one of our people that went on this mission trip were saved because they got saved in that moment of going in between those mountains and landing on that short uh, runway there in Honduras. But we saw God do absolutely amazing things. Again, I'll share more in just a few moments. Bethel Assembly offers several classes on an ongoing basis. One of those things are life groups. We had 12 life groups that launched this fall. Numerous different topics. Some of them were uh, Bible-based, taken off of an actual book in the Bible. Uh, my group talked about the Holy Spirit and what role does the Holy Spirit play in our lives. Another group talked about adulting. What's it mean to be a Christian and to be an adult at the same time? How many of you... Um, more mature individuals remember what it was like when you first stepped into adulthood too long ago because i saw zero hands go up you guys are like i don't even remember breakfast this morning pastor you said mature people we don't get it anymore no adulting is hard figuring out how to live life is hard so there was actually a class on adulting and what's it mean to be an adult and walk in the Christian life as an adult. All sorts of different topics that were available. We went through many, many, many classes. We'll talk more about life groups in just a bit. Uh, we had an art of marriage class. 17 individuals made themselves available to that. Bethel Beginnings. This is our class of, of membership, but also it goes way beyond just membership. It, it discovers what are your spiritual giftings. How do you apply those to ministry and how to really begin moving forward as a volunteer for Jesus Christ? We had 20 people that went through our Bethel Beginning classes. Every Wednesday night, our youth have their journey groups. Um, in this time, I, I love what they're doing. They're simply dissecting the Word of God. They'll read portions of the Scripture and then they'll just talk about that. What, is that. what does that look like? What do you see in that section of Scripture? I love digesting the Word of God. The Bible tells us to, to hide God's Word in our hearts so we might not sin against Him. And that's what our teenagers are doing is really just letting the Word of God become alive and fresh in their lives. Uh, we began a Living Free class. Maybe you're not familiar with Living Free. It's a, um, a curriculum that helps work with the addict. It, it helps the addict to become free from the addiction. Um, it's a class that we're going to start, and right now the class that's going on is simply a training for the leadership that are going to launch this ministry. This ministry is going to walk side by side the Adult and Teen Challenge that will be launched this fall. Um, uh, Living Free is very similar to that of Celebrate Recovery, if you're familiar with Celebrate Recovery. It's like that of an AA, but it's very biblically Based Rather than saying there's a, a higher power out there attached to that higher power, it's saying Jesus Christ is your answer. He is all that you need. 
So we're going to begin a living free class. If you're interested in that, please let me know. Our ladies have had numerous different classes going on. They had a class called Breathe. 14 people made themselves available to that. Patriarchs 10, Daniel 12, and a ministry called Propel. 12 ladies were involved in that. Uh, we also believe in guest follow-up. We believe in reaching out to those that, that take an effort to get connected here at Bethel Assembly. Let me share with you what our guest follow-up looks like. Uh, on Monday morning, when a guest fills out a Connect card, and that's a little card in the back of your seats there, they fill that card out and they've turned it in at the Connect point, they'll receive a cup like this, free from the church, just as a, a gift from us to them. It, has a church's name and, and website on there. That way, if as they're home, they're drinking their water or their soda or whatever, they can, they can look at that and remember the church. They will also, Monday morning, I write a little handwritten note. I try to write it as neatly as I can, but I've been accused of writing in hieroglyphics. Um, or for those of you that are Pentecostal, I write in tongues. You pray for the interpretation. Um, so I, I write those cards out and we send those out first thing in the week, but also Monday night, one of our staff is going to give them a call, going to thank them personally for being with us and hanging out with us here at Bethel Assembly. And then Monday or Tuesday night, they'll also receive a knock on the door and a lay person from the church, just one of you, um, part of our follow-up team, will go to their house and hand them some goodies, again, as a thank you from us to them just for hanging out with us and being a part of what's happening here at Bethel Assembly. So if you would, pray for our guest. Pray that they can be connected and they can uh, be a part of what's going on here. We believe that Bethel Assembly is a, a tremendous place. Um, we're not naive enough to think we're the only church that is out there. There's a lot of really, really great churches, but I believe that this is the great one. Uh, we had 111 family units come through our doors in 2018. Of that, 61 of those family units have returned on a regular basis. How do we determine that? Well, six weeks out from our, their initial visit, um, we will do a guest follow-up, a, a six-week follow-up, and we'll inquire with them, are you returning on a regular basis, and do you have plans to continue to return? If they have returned at least three times with plans to continue, we see that as a, a positive and they become part of this returning regular number. That gives us an average of 55% of our guests returning on a regular basis. Now you may say, well, pastor, is 55% really a good average? Well, it actually is considering national averages between 10 and 17%. So we have knocked the national average out of the water. Membership. In 2012, we had 27 adult members. Uh, to date, as of December 2018, we now have 101 adult members and four junior mem members. In fact, for just a moment, I want to ask our new members from 2018 if they could join me on the platform. Some of them were here first service. I think we have a couple of them this service. Josh and Tamara Drianis, they are on vacation in Florida. Uh, I don't feel a bit sorry for them. <laughs> now, they are, they are enjoying celebrating their wedding. They, they were married. This is their anniversary week, so they are in Florida um, celebrating together. I told them, celebrate your wedding or celebrate with us, which is more important. And they're in Florida right now. Um, Lori, Gary, Jake, and Lara Wheatley, they were here first service, a great family that's been with us. Um, for a little less than a year now, became members from Windsor, and we're glad to have them with us. Diane and Larry Wheatley, no relation to our Windsor Wheatleys. These are Kentucky Wheatleys. Um, 
they actually came from Pastor Andy's home church in Kentucky, and Larry was got a job here, so they came up, and they're a part of what's happening here now. Christina and Wes Ships, uh, they were here first service, and they are instrumental in what's happening around here. We love having the ships a part of go, what's going on here. Becky and Robert Adams, um, they came up, or he came up first service. She was volunteering first service up in Illuminate Kids, and I said, hey, come up second service also. She, guys, she goes, he got us covered. So we're good there. Jennifer Holman, I believe she is in here somewhere. She is here. Come on up. And Becky, I hear you talking, so you might as well join her. Everybody say, come on, Becky. All right. We love having Becky come up and join us. Come on up, guys, if you could. Diane Rattinger was here first service. And then Linda Seal. Linda Seal, I think I saw you come in this morning. You're someplace. There's your card. Here she comes. Let's see what I do with that microphone. There it is. Becky, is Robert still here? He slipped out. He, he's afraid that I call him up second service, too. Yeah. All right. Well, Becky, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how long you've been coming here, and, and why you keep coming. We moved back from Ark City, Kansas, um, when Jenny and my middle son, Jeff, and Sherry were going to have babies, my grandbabies. So um, we've been coming, I want to say, about four years. Mm-hmm. We love it. Um, I love to volunteer. And you work we up in our kids' area? Yes. Upstairs? And we also door greet, mm-hmm. and I help with coffee. All right. How many of you appreciate the coffee? <laughs> All right, thank you, Becky. Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name's Jenny. I've been coming here for about four years now. Um, I door greet, I help with coffee, and I love the atmosphere, and I love how everybody makes you feel like family, and it just really feels like home here. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you a part of our family. Amen. Linda, okay. you were just decided to be part of our life group as a life group host, right. um, teaming up this fall, I think, with, with Jan, correct? You guys are going to lead a group together. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I moved to Sedalia a little over a year ago, and um, I have a couple of friends that come here, and I was talking to them, and they said they loved it here, and so the first time I came, I really liked it. I loved the worship and the pastor, and uh, everybody did make me feel right at home, and so I'm looking forward to the um, life group and maybe getting involved in some other ways. I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, we are glad to have you a part of our family as well. Amen. Amen. Can you give our, our new members a round of applause? Thank you, guys. All right. We also believe in camp. Um, if you have not ever been involved with church camp we believe that mighty things happen at camp we people are saved they're filled with the holy spirit they are called into the ministry we've seen numerous healings god has done incredible things in and through summer camp in our students but also in the volunteers they go if you have any desire at all to to volunteer a week of your time during summer camp let me encourage you to do so um, but beware once you go to camp one summer you will be 
hooked and you will want to go back again and again and again. I've been working camp um, since I was 17 years old. In fact, for the last several years, I've been working two weeks of camp, one for youth and one for kids. We believe in camp. Let me tell you about our camp experience. Kids camp, we had 29 campers go to kids camp. Um, Youth camp, we had 23 campers go to camp. Um, Workers, we had a total of 15 workers go to camp between kids camp and youth camp. I will say that at youth camp, the workers are a little more crazy. We have some that like to lick elbows but I won't say who that is, but she's sitting over here. We love camp, and now she's looking around like, what are you talking about? Weekly volunteers, it takes a lot of people to make happen what goes on here at Bethel Assembly. On a Sunday morning, it takes 52 people to make a Sunday morning happen. Some of those are door greeters. Some of those are serving you the coffee. Some of them are working at the AV and sound booth. Some are on the worship team. Some are upstairs working with the kids or maybe in the nursery or helping as ushers. Numerous things that are happening around this place. And I want to personally thank the 52 on average people that come out every Sunday. Sunday morning and spend hours just serving for the kingdom of God. On Sunday nights, 25 volunteers, that's five working with our students upstairs and youth, and a total of 20 helping with our life groups. Wednesday nights takes 15 people to make a Wednesday night happen. A total of 92 volunteers every single week. That's not including our staff or any paid individuals. That's just volunteers. Um, this year, water baptized, we had 18 people baptized in water. Now grab a hold of this. Ten of those were baptized in the local area swimming pool. We did a Sunday night um, celebration water um, pool night at Liberty Park. And at that event, we had 10 people that were baptized in water. We even had one guy that had recently gotten out of prison and he still had a little anklet around his ankle and he couldn't get that wet so he, he sat on the edge of the pool and we were able to baptize him right there isn't that awesome what a great time amen amen we also are Pentecostal, so we believe in the fullness of the gospel we, we believe in all of who God is so we believe in baptism in the Holy Spirit we had five individuals are baptized in the Holy Spirit in 2018 First time salvations, 20 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ for the very first time. They said, Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, I want you to lead me and guide me and direct me. We had 27 people that rededicated themselves. They had gone astray. They had walked away, but they had returned to him. So that's a total of 47 people made a decision to follow Christ in 2018. That is absolutely amazing. Yes? Amen. Amen. We had three people that were called into the ministry, and that doesn't include a couple that I'm going to talk about a little later in the message. Three people said, God is calling me to do something for the kingdom of God, be that a pastor, a youth pastor, an evangelist, a missionary, whatever it may be. Um, attendance. In 2012, we averaged 78 people. In 2018, that average is now 283 We had a 7% growth between 2017 and 2018. Statistics tell us that a healthy church grows between 5 and 12%. We are in a healthy place right now. But here's what I want you to see. Since 2012, we have grown by 263%. That's amazing. Amen. 
One area that we're trying to really dive into because we live in a very social media driven society is we're trying to make our presence online even greater than it ever has been before. Our Facebook live feed from our 930 service, we on average reach 273 people per week watching our service online. Now they may not watch it on Sunday morning at 9.30, but they'll watch it throughout the week at some point and some time. And what I find interesting, we can kind of see where some of those people are from, and we will have people from all over the world that are watching Bethel Assembly's service. We actually had a person in Kenya that was watching for several months this past year. We have a person that I know of personally in Florida their family is watching our service every single week. We have people that I know of that are unchurched that are tuning in, watching our service every single week. We love making an impact for the kingdom of God. Now, it would be easy to look at all of these numbers, to look at all of these statistics and be consumed with the idea of numbers. But what I want you to understand today is this. Each and every one of these numbers, each statistic represents a soul, a life that has been changed to the glory of God. Today, as you enter the worship center, you were handed a baton. And at the end of the service, we're going to utilize this baton. We're going to celebrate this light. On the baton, it says, you are a light shining in the darkness. In a few moments, we're going to see that light radiates in the darkness. But before we celebrate, I feel that it's vital that we take the time to remember what God has done in 2018. How many of you know that remembering what has happened in, in the past is vitally important for moving forward to the future? Now listen carefully. I shared Wednesday night. You can't get stuck on the past. You can't just remember and hang out in the past because that will cause you to fail to move forward in the future. But you remember the goodness of God and you take that and apply it as you move forward into what God has. A few weeks ago, I reminded you of a moment in time when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River on dry land and God told them, take 12 stones and build an altar as a reminder, as a remembrance of the goodness of Jesus Christ, of the remembrance of the goodness of God our Lord. It's important for us to remember what God has done. In fact, in Isaiah 46, it says, Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. Psalm 77. But then I recall all you, God, have done. Oh Lord, I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Remembering is a vital part of our growing and maturing with Christ. But get this, if we fail to remember the goodness of God, we will soon find ourselves taking for granted the journey that God has brought us through. Let me say that again because some of you need to allow that to sink in just for a moment. If we fail to remember the goodness of God, we will soon find ourselves taking for granted the journey that God has brought us through. You see, the word remember by definition simply means to bring to one's mind. That's what we want to do today. We want to bring to our mind. We want to think about once again what God has done in our lives. That's what we're going to do this morning. But I don't know about you, but I'm a visual guy. I love to, to really get a picture of what's going on. And we've taken the time to, to hash through the statistics. 
but I want to see it in action. So if we could, let's take just a moment. We've got about a three and a half minute clip that recaps 2018.
right, 2018. I like the picture of Max, that's our, our children's ministry mascot, doing the dabbing thing. That's kind of fun. I want to encourage you to be with us next week. We're going to take a moment and look at where we're headed as a church. Probably one of the most important weeks of the entire year because it's in that service that I take the time to dream a little bit out loud with you. I'll be sharing with you where I believe God is leading us as a church in the upcoming year, where we're going. But today is a day of remembrance. Today is a, a day of rejoicing and celebrating where we've been. Uh, Pastor Andy, if you'll come. This morning throughout the service, we're going to hear from a couple of our ministry leaders and just kind of hear what God is doing in their area of ministry. Now, many of you know Pastor Andy as our creative arts pastor. He's the one that leads the worship team, leads us in worship. He's in charge of all of the stage design and the online presence and making sure all of that is working. But that's not what I want to talk about Today, What I want to talk about today is uh, an area that I believe many times is forgotten about, a generation more specifically that oftentimes is pushed to the side, maybe because we don't understand them, we can't wrap ourselves around them, we can't figure out how to engage them, so we just push them to the side. What I'm talking about is our young adults. Pastor Andy is the staff member that's in charge of our young adults, and he's created a tremendous young adults team. They've got a lot of things going on, a lot of things coming around the pike. I would encourage you to get plugged in. But let me read a, a little clip that I found on LifeWayResearch.com. It says 70% of young adults will leave the faith while in college. Only 35% eventually return. 7 in 10 Protestant ages 18 to 30, both evangelical and mainline, who went to church regularly in high school, said they quit attending by the age of 23. 34% of those said that they had not returned, even sporadically, by the age of 30. That means that one in four Protestant young adults have left the church. Now you can Google young adults exodus from church and you are going to find all sorts of articles talking about an exodus of this generation from church. But what I see happen is not necessarily an exodus. It appears to me that young adults are wanting a place to belong. They are wanting a place that is genuine. They don't just want to attend, but they truly want to belong to something. They are looking for a place that is truly what it claims to be, not just words, but action. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, you know, I think as a, as a church, uh, church culture, you know, across the board, uh, not here, but uh, in other places, you know, just kind of kind of globally or even nationally, I think um, that the church has done a really good job in some areas such as children's ministry. You know, I think we, we knock it out of the park there. We do a good job in, 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 in youth uh, having something for them. But, but after that, it's like there's kind of this, this gap where we've really, we've really missed out on, on the ministry that is young adults. And it's like, you know, once they get you know, they, they get graduated out of high school. You know, there's, this is really, honestly, a crucial time for young adults. You know, they're out, they're out of, outside um, the comfort of their, their, their parents' house. They're outside the umbrella of, of their authority. They're, they're kind of stepping into to this thing called adulthood without really any way of, of navigating through that. 
Um, so I think that we, um, you know, we uh, as Bethel Assembly should, should be doing our part to try to provide a place and try to provide an environment and a culture where they can connect and they can, they can be challenged and they can be encouraged and they can have that, that assistance stepping from uh, the high school age into adulthood because, like I said, it's a very, very crucial time. There's a lot of things that you can get into uh, when you're out on your own that you can't really get into whenever you're, uh, you know, under, you know, the authority and whatnot of your parents. So, um, yeah, I think definitely young adults is, is a very, very crucial ministry for us to have. So looking across our congregation, we have a number of young adults that are beginning to plug in and, and get connected with one another. But we have others that have not yet done so. What is Bethel Assembly? What is Bethel Young Adults look like? Um, what are some ways that those that are even here today can plug into this ministry? Sure. So we have multiple ways that, that you can plug into. We do have, we have an online presence. You know, we have our, our Facebook group. We have, we just started, uh, I don't know, like a month or two ago, we started an Instagram page as well. Uh, so if you're looking to connect with young adults, that would be the place to start. We have uh, uh, young adults cards in the back in the connect point that uh, on the back of it, if you flip it over, it has our, our Facebook link, and then also uh, we have a text reminder that we send out. So uh, that, will, that will keep you updated with the things that are going on young adults. We meet monthly, uh, on, usually on a, like the second Thursday of every month, uh, just to hang out, fellowship, those kinds of things. Uh, I do have a leadership team that I started just a couple months ago to kind of help me, you know, uh, just kind of uh, come up with ideas, like things that we can do. Uh, we also have life groups. Life groups is important. We have, there are three of us, uh, three young adults, myself included, and then Josh and Tamara, Adrianus, and Rylan and Amber Swank. They're all, we're all young adult uh, life groups. So that is really where we, you know, we, we connect with one another, but also we, that's our connection with God and our discipleship. So those are the ways that we can get connected. So we have the connection here. You have your, your monthly activities. You get your life groups. Is that where the impact of Bethel Young Adults ends, or are we branching out any further? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's actually our, one of our kind of our, our goal and our vision for, for next, this next year. And, you know, our vision overall as, as a young adult ministry, back whenever uh, I got here and we kind of started this, this young adult ministry uh, program, was just simply to connect. It's like connect with with you know, with one another, that's, that's, that's important. Connect with God, that's, that's life groups. But then connecting to others outside of the four walls of this church, I think that's, that's where our next step is. And, you know, right now uh, we're in talks with um, some people from State Fair uh, and some other uh, ministry organizations so that really that's, see. That's the community college. Yes, yes, State Fair Community College, yes. That's, that's our, that's, that's here in Sedalia. That's, that's, that's young adults. That's, that's our mission field. You know, I talked last uh, Sunday, you know, in my sermon, uh, that, that really here Sedalia and the surrounding areas, that's our mission field. So um, State Fair Community College, I see like Bethel Young Adults, like that's our mission field. So really, uh, we're kind of in talks right now with, uh, very, with another ministry organization and trying to get in talks with, with some people on campus and some students and whatnot. And basically our heart is like, how can we help facilitate some sort of campus ministry um, campus ministry organization, if you will, at State Fair Community College. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, young adults, if you are not yet connected with what's happening here at Bethel Assembly, um, please do yourself a favor, um, do us a favor, grab one of the cards at the Connect Point, stop Pastor Andy, um, just 
mention to him that you're interested in getting plugged in, and we would love to see you involved in what's happening in young adults. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Can we give him a round of applause? Next, I want to talk about something that is near and dear, not just to my heart, but really at the very root, very deep in the DNA of this church of Bethel Assembly, and that's missions. We currently support 56 missionaries or missions project. That's up from four in 2012. God is doing something through missions through Bethel Assembly. In fact, across the district, Southern Missouri District, um, Bethel Assembly is known as a church that believes in missions. But this year on our missions trip, something happened. This was our second international missions trip as a church. Um, this time we chose to go to Honduras, work with a couple of our missionaries, Teresa and Freddie Vasquez. Um, we try to do a missions trip of some sort every year. Every other year, the adults and everybody together makes an international trip. And 2020, we're already beginning to plan that. What does it look like? We're not really sure yet, but we're still working out the details. Hopefully within the next couple of months, we will know a, a location and begin to process forward with you for those that want to go. 2019, um, the, the opposite years of when we all go on our international, our student ministries goes on a state side. So this year they're going to the Mississippi um, Delta. So I encourage you to pray for them. And, and if you have a student, a, a high school or junior high student that's interested in that, um, hang around after the service. They've got a brief meeting um, for you. But something happened this year in Honduras that I believe will change the life of one particular family in our church. But I don't think that change is going to stop with that family. I believe it's going to impact a culture on the other side of the world for all eternity. See, one day on our trip, as we typically do, our group gathered together to pray and then recap and praise God for all that he had done the day before. It was in that moment that Carrie Keyes, one of our board members, was up for um, the devotion time. And he began to share with us what God was speaking into his life. But not only in his life, but also in his wife's heart at the same time. On this trip, God reaffirmed to them and deepened a call for their family to enter into missions. To become full-fledged missionaries. They are currently working with the Assemblies of God um, World Missions Office to see this God calling come to fruition. What I find very interesting about this is just moments before Carrie made this announcement to the crowd that day, God reaffirmed in my heart that God had spoken, that he had spoken into Carrie and was calling Carrie to the ministry. I want to take just a moment. I want to watch an interview that we had with Tara and Carrie Keys. Let's watch. We're here today with Carrie and Tara Keys. Now, I want to take just a few moments and I want them to share with you what God is doing in and through their lives. Guys, a couple months ago, our church took a trip to Honduras. And while we're there, something happened that has turned your family on its head. It's really kind of shaken things up for you. Can you share with us a little bit about what happened that day and what really led up to that moment? Sure. Um, you know, as, uh, as Tara and I were teenagers, God kind of spoke to us individually, um, just leading us into the idea that, that missions would, would be where we would end up someday. Um, as teenagers, you know, you graduate high school and life goes on and time flies by and, you know, you kind of wonder where that went. 
Um, we uh, kind of had a, a little bit of a rekindling of that feeling on the missions trip a couple years ago in Belize, and then, uh, but nothing specific. And then while we were in Honduras this year, um, it was just, it was just an obvious calling that uh, it was like God finally said, "All right, it's time." So what did that moment look like? What what did God say to you? Was it like this light from heaven, handwriting on the wall? You know, suddenly the star showed you where. You know, what what was that moment? It was pretty close to all that. Um, <laughs> we uh, we had all taken some um, just some personal devotional time before coming together for one group devotion as a group, and uh, we we'd gone outside. I remember it was kind of sprinkling because it had the, it was rainy season in the jungle, you know. But it, uh, I remember standing out there just looking at the landscape and saying. You know, God, I know you've got something for me. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you know, if it's this, I'll, I'll do this. And um, just had a just a heavy spiritual moment. And uh, about that time, Tara was having, I think, the same experience. And she uh, walked up behind me and kind of put her arm around me, and we just stood there and cried together and prayed together and just kind of soaked up that presence of the Lord. And it was. It was just clear to both of us that that we were supposed to start working towards missions right right away. Okay, so let's fast forward six months or so. Here we are, January 2019. Up to this point, what have you done differently as a family since that missions trip in Honduras? Um, well, we've tried to get the kids on board. <laughs> um, that sometimes can be a little more of a challenge. Of course, you know, never having been somewhere else and knowing that there's no grandmothers living in uh, Honduras, um, that's a little hard for younger kids, but they're, they're kind of, they're getting the idea, they're getting on board with it. Um, but um, we've, we've put a big, uh, basically a four by eight whiteboard in the kitchen uh, with pictures and um, lists for financial goals and uh, just other goals and things for us, so it's always right in front of us. So, so every time we walk through the kitchen, there's you know, our, our mission in front of us. Um, other than that, uh, I've been working um, diligently on credentialing with the Assemblies of God so that uh, we can hold a position with the Assemblies. And um, almost... Spanish a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time working with kids on Spanish. I, I had several years of Spanish in high school and um, have a good foundation there that to, to kind of uh, refresh and build upon. But um, so we're... Uh, just kind of a lot of different aspects, but it's missions is always at the forefront of our minds. And you've already been working with the Assemblies of God World Missions Department, uh, have started the application yes. to become missionary associates, correct? Correct. And that means you would go and work side by side with a, a long-term missionary, right. kind of letting them lead and guide you, and that would get you to from point A to point B in the missions career, you would Right, say. and... and uh, at least my idea of it is, as a missionary associate, you're going to help out an established missionary. Um, I, I don't know that we've quite focused exactly where we belong or what we're supposed to be doing, and I think that would give us the opportunity to see wh what needs are there, um, maybe even you know location, um, just all that stuff that sometimes you just don't know until you get there. Um, I think being under other missionaries would, would certainly help us uh, kind of develop that in a, in, a, in a healthy amount of time. Absolutely. 
Well, I want to encourage every one of you to pray for the Keys family. Uh, we've already, as a church, begun to support them. Uh, they haven't seen any of that support because we're put into a subcategory on a monthly basis that the point in time comes when they're uh, officially launched as missionaries. We'll have those funds to send to the World Missions office so they have that support ready for them. We believe in missions. Would you begin to pray for them? Would you be begin to believe that God is going to do great and mighty things through this family? Uh, God has birthed a desire and a, a passion for the lost. And really, that's why you're going. I mean, you could reach somebody here in town, but you're going to areas where they have never heard about Jesus. They have no clue that Jesus Christ came and died and loves them and wants a relationship with them. And that's why you've come. Is that correct? Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Uh, we are behind you 100%, and I'm excited to see what God does. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Isn't that exciting? So neat to watch God kind of birth new things and, and take people to brand new levels that they never imagined that they would go before. Be praying for the Keys family. Uh, it's going to be a big transition. They're hoping, Lord willing, that they're going to be on the mission field at some point this year. Um, he is almost done with the first section of his credentialing. Uh, so once he does that and finishes the application process, they can really begin to move forward as missionary associates. So we're excited for them and what God is going to do in and through them. I'm going to ask Rylan and Amber Swank to come at this time. Rylan, we're going to let Amber sit and you get to stand. You got to sit last service. Uh, the last area that I want to address this morning is that of life groups. This year, we took a leap of faith as a church um, just to kind of figure out what God is calling us to do. We, we know that God was calling us to reach more people, and as Pastor Andy said, to, to love God and to, to love others and, and reach beyond ourselves. But how do we go about doing that? On Sunday nights, we were averaging about 40 adults, and that's great that we're averaging 40 adults, but was that enough? Is there more that we can do? And so what did that really look like. So we decided and we felt that God was directing us to once again launch life groups. So in the fall, we launched 12 life groups. Um, we averaged 79 adults and 20 kids per week in these life groups. And I'm excited to tell you that our life groups that are starting in the 20th of this month, and by the way, I know you've heard a lot about life groups because that's our heartbeat right now. That's our excitement right now. So I'd encourage you, get plugged into a life group. Um, already signed up to be a part of the life groups that are launching on the 20th. We have 107 adults that are planning on being a part of life groups. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Amen. Amen. So I want to take a moment. Uh, Rylan and Amber have an amazing life group. Their life group is kind of doing some things that maybe some of the others aren't. Maybe reaching into some areas that... The rest of us maybe aren't reaching. Some of ours are a lot of people from the church that are meeting together, but you guys have kind of branched out a little bit. What does your life group look like? Yeah, um, I mean, it was kind of unintentional going into it. We're, we're being a little more intentional with it this time around, but uh, there's a big need in this community for, for an outlet to reach God, um, easing people into that without them having to step into the building because a lot of people are uncomfortable coming into a church building um, especially with a congregation as large as ours um, people come in with the felt with the feel of a lot of judging eyes on them um, they're just very uncomfortable stepping in here um, so what uh, we've started to notice is some of our friends start coming into our life group 
uh, people who have really wanted to reach out and begin a relationship with God, um, but they didn't know where to start and they didn't want to start in a church because they were very uncomfortable in a church. Um, so we've welcomed our friends into our home on Sunday nights to join us and our friends from here at church to uh, really experience God um, in one-on-one discussions, because a lot of the time people struggle coming in here, and they just get preached at a lot of the time, and they have questions that they want to get answered, and they may not be getting answered this Sunday or the next Sunday, and they keep coming, and their question never gets answered, so... Um, in a life group setting, they have that one-on-one discussion time where they can ask the questions that they want to ask. Do you feel that life groups are beneficial? Yeah, definitely beneficial. Um, for that reason, for one, um, and for those of us in the church who really thrive off of discussion, like I just said, like I, I like coming in and I like sitting, I like listening to sermons, um, but I like putting my two cents in. No. I like... No way. I like talking. Um, So having that discussion, having that Bible study, that one-on-one, we have Bible studies occasionally. He's talked about them up here. Um, But uh, they're few and far in between, Um, and the life groups have really changed that a lot because now we have something weekly, something for everybody. Um, Because the Bible studies before, it was one topic for six weeks or so, and if that didn't wasn't something that interested you, you just kind of sat around and waited for the next one. But now we have, what, 20... Is that what it was? We have had 12 last semester. We have 10 life groups this semester. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah. So we have lots of different options for people to get involved. If they don't like that topic, they may like that topic. And uh, there's somewhere for everybody. Well, and the way that the life groups work is we, we meet for the whole semester, so 13 weeks. And it's every single Sunday night. One Sunday is going to be a study. So whatever the topic of the study may be, maybe that's a book of the Bible, maybe that's adulting, maybe that's who is the Holy Spirit, or whatever the topic may be. We even had a, a financial class, um, biblically financial, what does that look like? So we meet one week and have a Bible study, the next week is a social, the next week is a Bible study, the next week is a social. The purpose of that is so that we can build in our relationship with God and build in our relationship with one another, as Ryland was saying. It's, it's that digging in and diving in together. Do you feel that that's beneficial for not only the church people, but also for those on the outside? Yeah, it's very beneficial. I mean, and it's super beneficial. We keep them at a small number also, and I know you mentioned this last service, but uh, we try to max life groups at about 12 adults plus whatever kids decide to come around. <laughs> um, but... Uh, And that really helps people who are more introverted have the opportunity to speak out and ask their questions because we definitely don't want the more introverted individuals to uh, not grow in their faith because they don't feel like they can ask the questions that they want to ask. Absolutely. Amber, do you have anything you want to say about life groups? Yeah, Ryland's leaving out the fun word. Um, They're also a lot of fun. I enjoy food quite a bit. Come on. Um, And so we try to make sure we have food at every life group, um, which is kind of nice, especially if you're the one who does all the cooking. Life group's kind of nice. But we've also enjoyed, not only for us, but for the kids as well, for the kids to have an opportunity to get with other kids who share the same faith in God. That's been very nice. I think we've kind of got a change in our culture. You know, it used to be that the the church people will come together on Sunday mornings. You pretty much hang out together. You know, you go Sunday night church, and then for us, we had a Pizza Hut in town that everybody from church went to Pizza Hut, and we hung out. At, that was kind of our life group at Pizza Hut after church. Well, we, we don't have that in this culture, in this society today. So how do we change that? We implement things like such as life groups. So guys, thank you so much. Thank you. 
for helping us out today and sharing with us what is happening. I love their life group. It's just, in fact, if I remember right, on the onset of life group, you were having several people that, that don't attend church at all. And you messaged me and said, is it okay if they come to our life group? And I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. I am so excited because his life group is really diving in, or their life group, is really diving in deeper on that aspect of things than any other. She's like, yes, thank you. Thank you for the amazing job that you were doing with life groups. We appreciate it. Come on, give the swanks a round of applause. Let's look back at our text this morning. The Bible tells me in John chapter 1, verse 5, that light, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. Let's take just a moment and talk about the light for a moment. If you've noticed this morning, maybe you have, and the windows were, were blackened out on purpose, because I want you to understand the massive effect that light has on darkness. Guys, if you could, for a moment, if you could change the lighting in the room. You were handed a baton this morning. This baton lights up, and on it it says you are the light shining in the darkness. And here's what I want you to grasp. Darkness will never overcome the light, but light will always prevail. Even the smallest amount of light will conquer the darkness. It will quickly illuminate a room. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says this, You are the light of the world. Who is that talking about? Is that referring to the pastor? Is that referring to a missionary? Who is the light that is being referred to here? It, it's you and you and, and you and you. You are the lights of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Guys, if we could take the room to total darkness. The darkness will never penetrate the light, but the light will always win out. Each light that is lit in this room begins to illuminate that area brighter and brighter. At this moment, if you could, take out your baton that you were handed on the onset of the service. Maybe you have a cell phone with you. If you would, take it out as well. See, on our cell phone, we all have this, this light. The light penetrates the dark. Here in just a moment, we're going to celebrate together. We're going to illuminate this room with light. Each light that is lit represents our role in Christ. You are the lights of the world. This world has been described as very dark. In other words, it's perverse. It's lost without Christ. In fact, Matthew chapter 6 tells us that if the light that we think we have is actually darkness, how dark that darkness truly is. 
It's now our opportunity. It's now our responsibility to be a light in a dark world, to impact this dark and perverse world with the presence of God, with the light. As we conclude this service this morning, I want to encourage you. We're going to celebrate together. Baton in one hand, light in the other hand. We're going to light up this room and we're going to celebrate what God has done. Are you ready? Let's try that again. Are you ready? Lord, right now, would you use us, your people, to be a light in a dark world? Lord, would you use us to represent you, the light of the world? We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's celebrate.